As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? Yeah, it's a nice morning, wasn't it? A little crisp and cool, but wonderful to see the sunshine. Well, it's been another great week at the St. Albert uh, Parish Home Place. Every week's like that, actually. But uh, here's some things to check out. You, you know, the record, this week's record that comes to you in the mail. Look for a couple of excellent pieces in there about a couple of events that recently occurred here at St. Albert, like the Veterans Day Mass and also the Eucharistic Miracles Exhibition. Those were some really neat things. Here's a, here's a great one. We're now at 75% of our goal for Catholic Services Appeal. That's a great one. When, uh, you know, our, our goal is quite strong. It's about $137,000. So when I always uh, see us cross that 100000 mark, I just sort of, okay, that's good. We're over that, that hump. Uh, but what a wonderful, wonderful thing, Catholic service. It, it ministers to thousands, literally thousands of people, all the way from the Ohio River down to the Tennessee border. It does many, many good things. Thanks for your faithfulness. Also, 150 Thanksgiving baskets were delivered last Thursday. You know, we doubled it this year. We went from 75 to 150. And uh, what a wonderful thing that, it was great to see all of this food. You know, it was massive. And one of the things that I did this year was to call upon our new group, our newest group, called the Men's Fellowship, to participate in this. And I must say, they stepped, they stepped up, they stood up, and what a great job they did. Not only did, did they, and they were here to deliver the baskets and things, but not only did they uh, assist in uh, accumulating 150 baskets, but when it was all said and done, there was two, two pickup truck loads of food that went to the pantry, plus several hundred dollars to the St. Vincent de Paul kitchen to help feed uh, those that are homeless and those who are in need throughout the course of the year. I, I'm just blown away by that, but I'm not surprised. I'm really not. You have a great love for God. When I look at you, I look at you through the lens of Jesus, and I see Jesus in you, and what a wonderful thing that is. Well, today we celebrate the feast of St. Albertus, Albertus Magnus. Have you ever heard of him? English, that would be St. Albert the Great. That was the Latin part of it. A wonderful saint. I don't think you could uh, have picked a better saint uh, for the times that we live in. But here's a couple of interesting facts about St. Albertus Magnus. One is that he was called the Bishop of Boots. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, it means he walked everywhere he went. He didn't ride a horse. Now, it wasn't that he had a phobia of horses, like, you know, some people say, well, I have a fear of flying. He didn't have a fear of horses. No, it had to do with his order. He was a Dominican. And one of his vows that he made was the vow of simplicity. And so he walked everywhere he went. Now, considering that the Archdiocese of Regensburg is uh, about two-thirds the size of the Archdiocese of Louisville, or uh, you know, is about 5,600 square miles. I wonder how many times he had to resole his boots. I thought about it. I thought, well, maybe he had to, he'd buy a new pair of it. No, shoot, not him. He's going to resole them, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he was extremely intelligent, yes. He, uh, he, came, he came from a, a very wealthy family. Actually, his 
father was a German count and he literally lived in a castle. That's the wealth that they had. And because of this, he was able to attend some of the finest of universities and sit under some of the greatest of teachers. And what a great job they did. And he excelled. He was always in the top of his class. Yet, being the man of God that he was, he always appealed to Mary to assist him in learning more. And when he was an older teenager, he asked Mary if she would uh, help him with his studies. One, on one occasion, she literally appears to him, an apparition, sort of like Bernadette had. She appears to him and she says, Albert, you're going to be a person that's going to be remembered as someone of unparalleled learning. That's how much, that's how smart you're going to be. And she also told him this, which is very important for us who live in the 21st century. She said that human knowledge will never draw you away from God, but it will draw you closer to God. Now that's pretty important. We need to remember that in the life that we love, we live in today, because there's so much knowledge out there today. We're, you know, it's amazing. Another thing is he made significant scientific contributions. Let me give you just a couple, although this is just a couple. There's many of them. Uh, he predicted that there was a large land mass to the west of Europe. Well, it just so, you know, that was in 1200s. It just so happened that a few hundred years later, a guy named Columbus discovers this place called the Americas. You ever heard of it? Here's a good one. You know, this really shows his diversity. He used, he took mathematical equations and determined that the world was spherical. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Well, he was a great scientist, and he was a great lover of God. In 1931, Pope Pius XI declared him as a saint and a doctor of the church. And then one year later, the new pope, Pope Pius XII, decreed that St. Albert would be the patron saint of medical technicians, philosophers, scientists, and students. Well, you see all the science and technology, don't you? in that and what, and, and what he is. Well, that's because of who he was. It's quite a resume, isn't it? Wouldn't you like to read his resume? Well, I think that's why this super intelligent person was mentioned even by Galileo 23 times in his notebooks. He mentions St. Albert. So does uh, Dante in Divine Comedy. He mentions St. Albert. And also Mary Shelley and Frankenstein, although I don't know what the relationship is there. But he did, she did mention him. Uh, he was well known, that's the way he was. And uh, here's something interesting too. He was the only person in his age to receive the title of the Great. St. Albert the Great. Well, that sort of tells you something about how wise he was. But uh, really, as you think about it, these accolades, they fall far short in expressing his great achievements for people like you and me living in the 21st century. It really does. So the question is, what makes St. Albert the Great great for people like me that are living in the 21st century? Two things. First of all, St. Albert had a deep and an abiding love for God. God was number one in Albert's life. The Bishop of Booth, so to call, 
He loved God with all of his heart, his mind, and with his soul. And although he wrote 38 massive volumes on different sciences, uh, you know, which are collecting dust today in some library, uh, there's a couple that are still popular. You know what they are? They have to do with God. Listen to the titles. And I'm reading them this week in honor of St. Albert the Great. Union with God, and, on, and the other one is on cleaving with God. Now, think about that. What richness alone do you hear in the titles of these great works? Cleaving and union, right? What do they do? These titles convey passion, to be passionate about something in life that is not temporary, but it is eternal and it is good. Passion. And that's what souls are diligently looking for today. It's easy to get down in this world today, in it, to lose your passion. He never lost his passion. And neither do we when we put our, when we put our trust and our love in God. I will say this. Every time I read his classics, I just begin to soar. I mean, the, the words, the imagery is so powerful. This man walked with God. Albertus Magnus loved God. He loved him immensely. And I think that's to sum up this great love for God that he had. There's a, just a, a sentence that's in, that you find in his treatise on cleaving to God. Here's what he said. God, the heavenly treasure, the pearl of great price, must be sought with all determination and resolve and be preferred above all things. Do you think he was passionate about God? <laughs> oh my God, you think that's something you ought to read the treaties. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, he had a deep love for God. That's something that we're looking for today. We're looking for something to give us passion in life. The second thing, and I think the most important thing in our times, is that St. Albert understood that true knowledge is a direct reflection of God. Now saints, there's, there's a few thousand saints in the world, and they, they sort of arise at certain periods in time and history. Some of them are just sort of universal, like a, like a St. Francis of Assisi, but a lot of them are, are more popular in times than others because their story is similar to our story. And that's exactly what I think of when I think of St. Albertus Magnus. Because as a scientist, he understood that true knowledge is a direct reflection of the creator of all knowledge, which is God. It's a mere reflection. You have to remember this. Everything starts with God. Before God, there wasn't anything. Now, you're, you're time-based. We're time-based, you know? God is not time-based. He always has been. He was before everything else. So everything that's created comes from God, doesn't it? That's exactly right. Even knowledge. Knowledge is a direct reflection of God, who is our creator. Now, I know we like to think this today because we make some great discoveries, but we don't create new knowledge today. I hate to tell you that. I know that feels good and may puff you up a little bit to think that you do that, but you're not God. You know what we do? We merely 
discover what God has created. That's all we're doing. We're uncovering it, and it's massive, and it's beautiful. And when we see it, if we have the right mindset, we praise God because we see God in that knowledge. I like what uh, the readings this week have been, uh, one of them has been in the Book of Wisdom, the Book of Sirach, as we heard a while ago. But listen to what Sirach has to say about true knowledge. Here's something to learn. True knowledge is a spotless, mirrored reflection. It is an aura and an outpouring of the Creator, which is God. It's a reflection of God, who is the source. That's why if you were to say to St. Albert that God and true knowledge, like some people do today, that they are incompatible, and that God is only relevant in theology and literature, well, now, he may, because he was a good guy, he may not tell you to your face that your reasoning makes no sense, but he would surely be thinking it. How in the world could you think such a thing? Once again, how can a reflection not mirror its source in all of its detail? Uh, you know, do this little test. When you go home, get an apple and put it in front of a mirror. When you put it in front of a mirror, the reflection, is it an apple or is it an orange? You see an orange? Well, no, you're not going to see an orange. It's an apple, isn't it? Or pick up your cat if you got a cat and dog and pick up the cat and put it in front of the mirror and, and see, does it reflect a dog? Well, no, it reflects a cat, doesn't it? And that's the important thing about God. Knowledge reflects God. And here's the beautiful part of it. This is what makes you fall in love with God. Since God is the fullness of all order, unity, and harmony in life, as the sole creator, his reflection, whatever it is, will be order, unity, and harmony. That's powerful. You integrate that into your life and you're going to be soaring. You are going to be soaring. Well, I close by encouraging you to be mindful because you might say, well, boy, that's not the knowledge the reflection I see. Yeah, that's true. There are some disconnects today. It's not God's problem. It's our problem uh, between God and his reflection. Let me give you a couple. One is the reflection of true knowledge is that the, the reflection of true knowledge in itself can be so appealing that we forget to look at the real prize, which is God. That's probably one of the greatest ones. We look at the, the reflection of God in, in a creature or whatever it is, or in the stars, and we think, my God, this is beautiful, and we just go ahead and worship it. That's just the reflection. Go to the source. God says come to the source, doesn't he? I, I go back to the book of wisdom. Here's some, here's some wisdom. Man searches busily among his works and is distracted by what he sees because the things he sees seem attractive. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's beautiful to look at what God has done. And it is attractive, and we can get carried away and just worship that, make that our little gods, you know. But why do that? Go to the source, and that is God. Another one is to think that we are the innovators of knowledge, that we create knowledge, 
And as a result of that, we get puffed up and we give all the credit to ourselves. God's the creator of knowledge, you're not. We can discover it, that's what we do. Another one is to think that God doesn't exist. This is a powerful one in our culture today. If God doesn't exist, well, then, uh, or God is far removed from us, then there's no connection. It's all about human knowledge. Wow, that's a disconnect, that's a major disconnect. Another one is to use knowledge for evil purposes. People do that. They don't use it to see God, they use it for evil purposes, like weapons of mass destruction. You ever heard of that? You know? Why in the world are we able to destroy ourselves 40 or 50 times? <laughs> you know, that's insane, isn't it? Uh, weapons of mass destruction or greed. We, we, see, we see Ben Franklin and that little God and we say, oh, we want lots of Ben Franklins and we're willing to compromise our values in order to get more Ben Franklins, aren't we? Well, it's true, there's landmines, I'll agree with that, but we must be careful not to step on those landmines and let that deter us from our quest for the source of all true knowledge, which is God. What a wonderful opportunity we have in the 21st century because so much knowledge is being discovered today. What an, a wonderful opportunity we have to take that knowledge and see it as the mirror image of God himself. God bless all of you, and St. Albert, pray for us. Please remain seated. We now call the baptismal candidates to the